Welcome to the Tobler Show on a busy, busy Saturday morning as we have a lot. Well, good morning. Welcome to the Randy Tobler Show. Um, we uh, we are keeping our eye on things as the world seems to be a powder keg on uh, on a tinderbox ready to ignite at any time. Who knows where it's going to go? We hope and pray that uh, Americans over there will be safe as the hostage um, evacuation attempts by Israel appear to be starting. Uh, they have, uh, it's been reported that, uh, the Israeli defense forces are, of course, they're amassed in large amounts along the, the border of the Gaza and, uh, southern Israel. Uh, however, uh, the tunnels are the problem because the hostages are being held in the tunnels and what happens, um, you know, when, Anyone, whether it's American forces, Israeli forces, you name it, try to go in. Will they be able to, in fact, separate and penetrate through the human shields that, well, that's the way Hamas operates? We'll have to keep an eye on it, see what happens. Um, the raids are going on. Uh, Israel has uh, been dropping flyers that say, get out. Egypt doesn't want Palestinians to get out. Why? Because I think they know that they can't tell the difference between so-called innocent civilians and the terrorists. Um, yesterday, the Hamas Global Day of Jihad resulted in some violence across the globe. Um, a Chinese, uh, uh, I think it was an embassy member at, at, in China, was uh, was stabbed. Uh, Hezbollah appears to be ready to join the war. Uh, we saw protests across these United States uh, in the colleges and on our campuses, uh, of course, in large, large protests in New York City and others. Uh, and for the first time since this started, I heard what amounts to Holocaust deniers. Last night, I believe it was on Hannity's show, um, Sarah Carter was interviewing a member of the Palestinian protesting group uh, there, I believe it was in New York City, and uh, didn't, he said, the stories you make up about the babies. Now, <laughs> this is unbelievable. It's hard to imagine the the propaganda that has infiltrated those who support a Palestine two-state solution, a one-state solution, however you want to paint people that ostensibly claim to be, you know, claiming that this is about land and not about the Jews, and yet they're in denial about what was done to innocent babies with burning them in their beds, uh, to beheading them, um, taking them from their mothers during the initial uh, part of the of the onslaught on Saturday. Uh, and so this is this is quite concerning to have Americans. I don't know if these are American citizens, but they are they are uh, uh, Palestinian sympathizers. And I don't I don't make any difference between them now. 
as far as I'm concerned, if you are sympathetic with what's going on and justifying, well, if you're anti-Israel in this particular event for their retaliation, for their um, entrance into Gaza, for their uh, going, uh, they will be going tunnel to tunnel and door to door to try to recover uh, Americans and, of course, Israelis who were kidnapped on Saturday and beyond. Uh, and if you're uh, if you're with that or if you're against that and you're in any way, shape or form uh, trying to justify what Hamas did, you are with them. I don't care if you call yourself a civilian, if you call yourself a just a, a pro land for Palestine person. You are, as far as I'm concerned, a member of Hamas. And uh, I think, uh, you know, God help you because you deserve what you get if you're caught in the crossfire as they try to, you know, if you're if you're a sympathizer and an enabler and a validator uh, and an endorser of what went on over there. And you don't see that uh, Israel has every right to defend against what happened, retaliate and, in fact, put Hamas down once and for all, uh, you do, you get what you, you get what's coming. You deserve what's coming and you deserve it. I mean, I'm sorry, I can't. And if you're denying what happened to those babies, the beheading of babies, the burning of them, the dismembering of Israeli and others, uh, you know, I think there was a German uh, girl that was actually a German girl in the truck that we saw where her body was uh, all twisted in different directions. She, her joints had been broken, laying there half nude in the, in the back of a pickup truck. Um, I'm sorry if that's if that's what you do. Uh, that's what you deserve, and uh, uh, you you uh, you deserve uh, the fury and the wrath of hell to rain down on you. Uh, this this Holocaust denying is unbelievable. Quentin Corngay there trying to make sure that I stay uh, all connected. I, I had a couple of connection problems right at the top of the show. Quentin, have we paid the electric bill? Is everything okay? Light's uh, still on in on? here. So. Okay, I I did too. Now my uh, my daughter and granddaughters are in from North Carolina, where my son is at formerly Fort Bragg, now Fort Liberty training. So my son in law, so he's uh, I don't know, he's on another one of these. They go on these. I don't know, six week blackout missions where they just they disappear into the night, and I don't know what they're doing, but I'm glad they're doing it. Well, and I fear that they, I fear they may be called to do it in some theaters abroad that. Um, uh, us everyday people don't even want to imagine what that's like. I mean, I just can't imagine when I hear of some of the training exercises and just some of the things they have to do. Holy cow. I'm so just so humbled to, to be, uh, to be, uh, connected with a guy like that and all of, all of his comrades uh, in all the services that do that and not just the special forces, but all of them. I, I wonder how long it is going to be before america gets some kind of a direct involvement because it's unacceptable for americans to be taken hostage and um certainly these we've never been asked by the israelis in fact we've been told not to involve our own troops our boots on the ground ever in any israeli conflict they just want to do it themselves they of course appreciate the iron dome and the materiel and whatever kind of you know uh of, of weaponry they can be given or bought but uh you know not uh, they don't want troops on the ground i don't know if they'll have a choice though at some point you know uh, a strong american president would say uh sorry we're going in we're helping you uh we're joining you guys and we're getting in there and we're going to root these these evildoers out it's uh, it's really amazing what we've seen um so there's chaos there there's chaos on uh, in the washington dc front where first steve scalise couldn't get enough votes on the floor even though he won the, the vote in the conference last week so he bowed out uh then jim jordan 
Uh, I understand only got about uh, 155 yays when it came to how many people would vote for him on the floor. You can assume none of the Democrats will vote. So now there's an impasse there. Um, There was a, I think, a, a protest candidacy by Austin Scott. Uh, in a vote yesterday and uh, he lost in the conference but there's not enough people that that pledge to vote for the winner this is something i don't understand this is very unrepublican in a small r kind of a way of the behavior that's going on over there my number is 312 did i say 312 914 314-912-1019 oh my god i haven't had my coffee yet Quentin, because of the connection problems we're having. Yeah, 314-912-1019. Holy cow. Uh, I'd love to hear what you all have to say about this and what's going through your mind. We'll be talking later with Carol Lieberman. She's an expert in um, these kind of matters, but from a different perspective. I think you're hearing a lot of military analysis, a lot of, uh, you know, what's the tactical approach to trying to, you know, get the hostages out without injuring as many, uh, uh, taking out as many civilians. And I mean, all these things, are there going to be two fronts? It looks like there may be Hezbollah lobbing bombs uh, from uh, uh, mortars and artillery shells from the north. Uh, That's all interesting, but we're going to let the experts talk about that. Dr. Carol Lieberman will join us at 845. Uh, She's she's, uh, America's psychiatrist. That's what she's known as. She does a a podcast uh, and um, she's a forensic psychiatrist, has a lot uh, a lot of expertise on terrorism and also on relationships. And I mention that because I think in this polarizing time in our country where, you know, if, if you're, if your best friend in high school that you've maintained friendship with all, all these years suddenly becomes, you know, interested in green stuff and thinks that, you know, Kamala Harris should be the next president. And what's the matter with you that you won't buy an electric vehicle? Uh, it happens in families where there's rifts in families because of political divide and, and, and loyalty. I think with this particular move, you're going to see a lot of this, too. People who maybe had a friendly disagreement about, well, should Palestine have, you know, half of the Holy Land? And should Israel have half? What, you know. When it really was a land dispute, I think people got along. Now that people are taking sides, I think it's going to threaten relationships. We'll ask uh, we'll ask Carol about that. And then there was a real dust up between uh, Hannity and Ramaswamy Vivek the other day. And Quentin, man, did you when you booked this guest, you really you must have had the crystal ball out because <laughs> I don't know if you saw that, but man, they got into it the other night. Hannity was like, "I don't think you're fit to be the president," and they were back and forth talking over one another. Kathy Barnett is an advisor to Vivek Ramaswamy, and uh, she's uh, <laughs> she's going to talk to us, uh, and of course get his stance on the war, and um, maybe maybe we can get her to comment on the flap between Hannity and Ramaswamy. Um, I thought that was interesting. Mike Ferguson, I talked with him yesterday on his show, and I we didn't get enough time to really unpack uh, these things, so I can't wait to hear what he has to say, not only about the war, but also about the the mess in Congress and among the GOP. Uh, I just can't. I, I thought we lived in a society, in a country where, okay, once the vote is taken, you recognize whoever wins the vote as your president and you are your governor or your county executive and you go from there. And similarly, once the primary is over, if you're a Republican, you vote for the Republican. If you're a Democrat, you vote for whoever won the Democrat, even if your candidate who was in the primary didn't win. That's not what's going on in Congress up in the House. And I just, I got to, maybe Mike's got an answer on it. I sure don't have an answer. 
And then I, uh, I, I do want to talk about a new report from the Show Me Institute. Uh, Susan Pendergrass, who's the director of education policy there, uh, we, uh, I talked to her um, on Thursday of uh, this week, and it was really a great uh, talk on my show from uh, uh, in Columbia, my daily show there. And I want you to hear that. We'll play that uh, at six twenty-five. It, uh, it was it was a telling interview. They uh, they're doing a lot on workforce development, and boy, I wasn't aware of the trends in. Uh, uh, enrollment is down in Missouri schools and man, it's just a lot going on that we need to really think about and it's one of these crystal ball moments that she's thinking way ahead what's going to happen to our workforce based on demographic and enrollment and educational achievement trends in Missouri it's uh, it's a chilling interview that you'll want to hear and um, again the number is 314-912-1019 if you want to call the show um, there was a story uh, that and I want to just touch on, and we'll probably talk about it more in 645. Bill Gates came out and doubled down on the importance of mRNA technology. Now, you know, mRNA technology has gotten a bad rap, you know, with, with the COVID vaccines. Not all of them were mRNA. The one where the vaccine instructs your cells to make the particles, the spike proteins, that uh, then you mount a an immune response against. And that's a little different than the way traditional vaccines work, where you take the whole dead virus uh, or a part of a dead virus or a live virus that has a piece of the virus we're interested in, in its, in its uh, makeup, and you give that to an individual and they make a, they make a, a, a response to that. It's a little novel and, of course, may not be ready for total prime time, at least when it comes to vaccine land and COVID, because look at all the side effects that undoubtedly have happened. Uh, Quentin, people in your, you know, young men in your age range, uh, you know, we're getting myocarditis and stuff and guys that are healthy as a horse, you know, getting sick with their heart uh, from getting that vaccine. I think it was certainly helpful for older people who had a much higher a risk of what would happen from COVID and more vulnerable. But, you know, we saw that there were some problems with the mRNA vaccine. And anyone that doesn't want to admit that's just not being honest in the medical community. Um, but but Gates has said, and, you know, you got to respect Gates. You may not like his politics. You may not like a lot of things about Bill Gates. But the guy is a genius. I mean, he's, he's a smart dude. <laughs> Look at what happened. He revolutionized the world. I mean, Microsoft revolutionized the world. Uh, with with the personal computer and with the software and on and on and on. So um, he has doubled down on that. And I'm going to talk about that at 645. I think we need to listen to guys like Bill Gates. And I and I want us to think about in the context of technology, advancement in our world, things that have made our life better over the decades and the centuries and, and put it into context before we're so quick to dismiss things like mRNA technology. We'll talk about that because guess what? We are educated. Quentin's educated. I'm educated. You're educated if you're listening. Susan Pendergrass says, oh, the kids aren't as educated as they should be, and we're going to pay a price in Missouri for it. We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Randy Tobler Show on News Talk STL 1019-941. We're here till 9. Can't wait to spend the morning with you. We'll be back. Where I talk I don't walk and miss the moments right before my eyes. 
almost perfect Other days it just ain't working The good, the bad, the right, the wrong And everything in between Randy Tobler, Truth Warrior, Woke Destroyer On News Talk STL It's always fun when we get together with our good friend from the Show Me Institute And that is none other than Susan Pendergrass How you doing Susan? I'm doing great, how are you? I am good. Hey, you guys have been doing some work uh, on workforce development. You have a lot of projects. You guys have so many irons in the fire, and they and they make such a difference. I mean, your analysis and some of the legislative efforts that have mm-hmm. come of those, it, it really impacts people that are listening to this program, and that's what's so cool. We have such a changeable and such an evolving um, labor situation, not only in America, but of course here in, in, in Missouri. And um, it's good to understand what's going on, where there are some gaps, where there may be some good things. So tell us about what you've been doing. So I was looking at uh, what do we know about the workforce going forward based on what we know today about our kids in the K-12 system. And I was a little bit surprised to find out that well, actually, I kind of knew that we have a declining K-12 enrollment. That's a national trend, and it's definitely a trend in Missouri where they, there are fewer children in our system. But in addition, uh, of the kids in K-12 uh, in Missouri, fewer of them are, are performing on grade level, and fewer of them are ready for college or career when they leave our high schools. So that means that as a state, Missouri's workforce is going to be less prepared for companies like say in 2030, 2040, we can see it now. And it's something that we need to start thinking about as, you know, because we could change it a little bit, but we need to start thinking now about what these trends suggest for the future. All right. Dr. Susan Pendergrass, Director of Education Policy at the Show Me Institute, is uh, our guest. And that's an interesting summary of sort of the overview of what things are, the relationship between our our K-12 performance and, you know, job (laughs) prospects. Now, when you say declining K-12 enrollment, is that just because the demographics are changing? I mean, kid, you know, for a while now, people haven't been having as many babies. I mean, is that now... Is, do we just not have as many K through 12 eligible or are those kids not showing up at school? No, no. So it's a demographic shift. So the uh, the last recession in like 2008-9 was probably the highest birth rate in the last couple of decades. And so in Missouri, that's our 2013 kindergartners. And that was the biggest group of kindergartners we've had in 10 years. It's been declining over time. And those kids now are juniors, seniors in high school. So we've already seen shrinking enrollment in Missouri from like 900,000 students to about 850, 850,000. And that's going to get below 800 pretty soon. And you can see it coming. And yet, like I see these stories in the news uh, that DEFI has had a bigger budget request because of declining enrollment from the pandemic, but it's really not the pandemic. This is a trend that's been in the works, mm. and you can see it coming, and it is, all you know, it does align with national trends, but we don't have as many people moving into the state as some other states do, like Texas, Florida, you know, some states have a lot of people moving in, we don't have that, so we are in kind of a shrinking K-12 enrollment situation, and we need to be thinking about it that way, which means you know, we have to be really careful. Teachers tend to get hired on really solid contracts that last for 25 or 30 years and have pretty generous benefits after they retire. And we have to think about like, did we continue on this track? And we have actually in the last 
five years of shrinking enrollment hired five uh, percent more teachers. So teaching staff and staff keeps going up even as enrollment keeps going down. So we have to think about like, does that make sense going forward? We're committing ourselves to costs mm. won't yeah. necessarily reflect the kids in the system. But the paper that we uh, just released on the workforce is not really that. That's just saying like, if we have fewer seniors in high school graduating and if fewer of those or a smaller percentage are ready for college or career, then that's going to suggest that we will have a, a smaller, less qualified workforce going forward. And what can we do to try to turn that around? I notice also that the percentage of Missourians with bachelor's and graduate degrees is on the decline now. Yeah. Even though I hold a, you know, a graduate degree, I'm a Mike Rowe kind of American. I think the power and the strength of America in terms of our infrastructure and our, I don't know, just our, what, what makes us America is that vocational workforce, the guys and gals that build the roads and build the skyscrapers and put up the radio towers and, you know, build the houses and on and on and on. I mean, it takes both, right? Um, it does. So right. what is happening in terms of, but those people need to be business people because many of them will work for a company and then spin off their own company. They need to be able to manage the labyrinth that is the regulatory state. There's a lot of skills that are necessary to be successful folks, and you don't have to have a bachelor's or graduate degree. You can get an associate degree. You and I both know that. How are we doing in preparing people to be a part of the, let's call it the non-white collar uh, workforce? Sure, but as you know, like uh, even those jobs, uh, there is the automotive service excellence certification that kids that students can get in high school. But car, uh, cars are essentially computers now. Like it is not the same game that it was uh, mm-hmm. when I was in high school. So there are uh, uh, career technical education programs, and Missouri certainly has one. But we are not getting kids those those industry recognized credentials before they leave, which we could be doing certified nursing assistant or Adobe certified, or like I just said, ASC certified. And those are really important things to be doing, but we had uh, 68,000 graduates last year and 8,000 got these IRCs. We could be working harder to me. And I'll just tell you the one thing, and you know, you know me, I love numbers, but our last year's graduating class, uh, the state measures, multiple ways of saying that they are college or career ready, multiple indicators. Only 60% of our last year's graduating class met any one of the of the five. Any one? So that means... Much less all five. That, oh my God. Okay. No one would meet all five. So it's like the military exam, the ACT, ACT yeah. work key, wow. uh, Accuplacer. There's multiple ways, but only 60%. So 40% of our high school graduates last year who had the opportunity to meet one of these yeah. left school not not being college or career ready. And I agree with you. However, we also know that um, going forward, the projections on like, increases in jobs that require a bachelor degree, degree versus those that don't, yeah. you know, we're looking at more jobs are going to require a bachelor's degree. And I'm not saying everyone needs to have a bachelor's degree, but the fact that Missouri is going down and it is below the national average. So yeah. did you, what would you guess is the percentage of Missourians with a bachelor's degree? Um, 50%. 32. Below 32. 31.9 now. Ouch. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. 70% of Missourians do not. Wow. So. Well, it could be argued, Susan. It could be be argued that these days, 
with a few exceptions like Hillsdale College and others, maybe it's better if we don't send our send our kids to the academy. You take on debt. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. But it's that's kind of where the jobs are moving. So, you know, a lot of jobs for whatever reason, like you have to have a bachelor's degree yeah. to get the job, right. and uh, <clears throat> and that's tough. Like, it's it's harder. You know, we have a couple of chicken processing plants closed in the state, and. And that's devastating for communities because there are not as many jobs out there for, for people who only have a high right. school diploma. So, And let's be honest about it. A lot of those jobs that do require a bachelor's degree, or at least for which that would be extraordinarily advantageous, can now be done. I think of these smaller communities. My gosh, the customer service stuff that could involve technical assistance yeah. for computer companies, for software companies, remote billing and coding for medical companies. I'm probably... 25 jobs I'm not thinking of that people could be trained to do if they had the skills that often, you know, it would be good to have that bachelor's degree or at a minimum an associate's degree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's, it's you know, and post-secondary certifications in the trades even, like that's important going forward. And I guess the point of this paper is just to say like, uh, if we wake up in 2030 and say, oh my gosh, Missouri's got a workforce problem, I would like to be the person who in 2023 said, Yes, saw that coming. Like we know these things, we need to do. Uh, we need to make big moves now to to change the the direction of yeah. where we're headed. Like this is where we're headed. We need to change the direction. If Missouri wants to be a growth state and wants to be attractive to families and businesses, which I think we do. We're talking with Dr. Susan Revere Pendergrass. Now, I gave her that additional uh-huh. name because that's like Paul Revere, Paul Revere. Mm-hmm. And the, mm-hmm. the workforce debacle is coming. And you mentioned something, too. I mean, look, once a teacher gets in, unless they really are something terrible, they're going to get tenure. And then they're there, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and we may mm-hmm. be overstaffed in the teaching ranks. Mm-hmm. But good news, as my tongue is firmly planted in my cheek, good news, the number of, the administrator to teacher ratio is going down, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's probably not mm-hmm. happening. It hasn't been happening no, nationwide. We, no, we've adding, nope, we are adding teachers, staff, and administrators. And I don't know. I don't know exactly why, but you know, there is uh, other incentives beyond uh, just having fewer students to serve, but there's pensions and there's other things that kind of go into that equation. Yeah. But yes, and we need to, I, I have said this like, picture your blockbuster in the 1980s versus blockbuster in the 1990s. Like mm-hmm. we need to have a mindset. Uh, every district, with the exception of two, in St. Louis County, has declining enrollment. That means Clayton mm-hmm. has declining enrollment. Rockland has declining enrollment. Parkwood, like we need at least for districts to mm. recognize that they might want to not fill op- like open teaching positions. Like we need to have a mindset of like it's the the part, the customer base is shrinking yeah, essentially, yeah. and, and well, what can we do and how can we do it better? But we but just like we have to spend more, we have to hire more, we have to build more. That is not appropriate for what's happening right now. And let's not uh, forget to factor in what appears to be, I don't think it's just a temporary blip due to pandemic and the the way people, parents understood about what was going on as they looked over their kids' shoulders in terms of, uh, you know, curriculum. There's an out-migration from the public schools to private and and homeschooling, too. So, I mean, you're seeing there's these concerns. And if we build this monolith that can't be, you know, nimbly molded to the market conditions in terms of their constituents, we could be building something to be terrible and then at some point like you said the self-sustaining 
uh, and, and unique uh, school, uh, the teacher pension plan, which, I, as I understand, doesn't need additional input. It's funded, self-funded. That's not going to be true if you lose the base anymore. It's like Social Security, right? It is. Yeah. It is kind of a pyramid. <laughs> yes, <it laughs> okay, so, well, you said so it. Okay. I'm not saying, I didn't say scheme, <laughs> I said pyramid. But, uh, you know, yes, it is It is a pyramid, yeah. just like Social Security, and that's not a pyramid scheme either. But, yes, that's that's right. It, it requires more people to come in to pay for the people who are retired. And that's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting, but I will tell you this. Today, the ACT re- released okay. the data from 2023, and Missouri's average ACT score dipped below 20 okay. for the first time in yep. a long time. Sounds great. It's like 19.8. So. righty. Hey, Susan, thank you so much for doing this. And the report is the future of Missouri's workforce. And it's really, uh, yeah. hey, she's uh, she's the Paul Revere calling out what could be a big problem <laughs> in the future at showmeinstitute.org. Thank you so very much, Susan. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, that's an interesting uh, look into the future with declining enrollment, um, sagging achievement. And like I said, you don't have to necessarily, you know, no advanced physics to have success, but you do need to, you do need to complete, you know, high school, preferably you get some other education or a certification or you, uh, you know, but we just, we just seem to be sagging there. And I'm, I'm concerned that for the future, um, and and especially for our public school future, we seem to be a little top heavy in administration. We're over hiring teachers for a declining enrollment, uh, and that's not going to bode well for our taxes. It's not going to bode well for the teacher pension plan. I think when you find that you know sooner or later they're going to have to cut down on the ranks of people supporting that going forward. And uh, what does that mean for the quality of our teaching staff then that we can attract? So these things are all connected. So is technology connected? Quentin and I were talking, uh, as you heard that, about uh, artificial intelligence and how it's a little scary. I mean, we've heard about it can, you know, they can it can hallucinate. It can go a little crazy. And I'm thinking about some of those sci-fi films where all of a sudden the, the smart robot on board the ship, you know, out in the galaxy somehow turns against the captain or the, the crew. And you go, oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? MRNA technology that was used and is used for the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines. Um it's it's interesting. It's fascinating. From a biological standpoint, I'm fascinated by it, and I think it's going to revolutionize our world. Notwithstanding some of the glitches and the hang-ups and the mess-up that we saw with the COVID vaccine and its rollout, one size fits all, you know? Bill Gates is promoting it. And you may say, oh, Bill Gates had liberal, whatever. Well, we'll talk when we come back about Bill Gates and about his vision for it, and hopefully we can have an open mind, have a discussion about new technologies how they can help us once the wrinkles are worked out. That coming up on the Randy Tobler Show. Just a few. Life feels perfect. Other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. Randy Tobler, Truth Warrior, Woke Destroyer, on News Talk STL. Welcome back to the program, 643-314-912-1019, if you'd like to join in on the program. Quentin Corngay producing. I am Randy Tober. Glad to be with you. Make sure that you uh, stay tuned to this station at all times. There is no more rich content produced locally 
as far as I know, across the nation than on News Talk STL. And um, that is that is in radio talk. That is phenomenal. That's awesome. That is unheard of. And as things are breaking and as news around the globe is just uh, the, the, the cycle is accelerating and its impact on you is so um, profound. You, maybe you have someone in the military. Maybe you yourself are a reservist. Are you going to get called up? I mean, are you are you getting those calls already? You can call in anonymously. Let us know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that's going on as we talk. Because, um, Quentin, you know, you and I were talking during the previous break how you had an interesting theory. I hadn't really thought about it that, you know, sort of China is sort of the mastermind like like pinky in the brain i'm going to take over the world well that's been their stated claim and you were saying wait a minute are they using their surrogates to sort of you know have us so active on so many fronts that what happens then are are we weakened to where we're vulnerable you know i mean especially with china admitting that they want war with us by what 2027 i mean i think this is their first efforts of spreading us out spreading us thin you know the same way germany lost it all in in world war ii you know they spread themselves yeah. out thin so much that china's endorsing these wars they endorse russia invading ukraine they endorse iran and hamas you know doing what they did to israel i'm sure they're going to endorse a few more before they feel like they are ready to actually attack us you know we'll be sending out ammunition we'll be sending out supplies and and pretty much all of our stock to all of these nations um, eventually when they do attack us how much or how long would we last yeah. you know with everything that we've dished out and you know you're so right clip three i think speaks to this quentin because it john kirby who i mean the guy's a military guy and i honor anyone who has been in the military and of course those in the families that that support our military our service members because it is a it is a group effort when you've got a a service member in the family i know very well with my daughter uh you know and my son-in-law being in the military and um many of you have served or or know what i'm talking about but there seems to be a, a lack of of just recognition, or maybe it's just, I need my job, I like my job, and I'm John Kirby, and I'm going to try to defend the indefensible, and I'm just going to tell you a pack of lies. We've got the Wall Street Journal reporting that uh, earlier on in the battle, and now the New York Times reporting that Iran was actively sitting at the table as they were planning this whole thing for a year. And, and yet John Kirby says this. We're, we're looking hard at the intel stream, as you might expect uh, that we, we are. Um, and even as you and I are speaking here, Martha, we just haven't seen any specific tangible intelligence that, that leads us to the conclusion that the regime in Tehran was witting a resourced participant in these specific attacks. But I also want to make it clear that we absolutely believe in the broad complicity of Iran here. What's I mean, the they, difference, without, John? Without, What's the difference? Without, Without Iran, there would be no Hamas. There would be no Hezbollah. We understand that. I mean, what's that equivocation? On the one hand, he says, well, uh, we know they're complicit, but but they had our intel doesn't. Well, your intel, along with Israeli intel, had no idea this was going on, John. And you're trying to deny the fact that Iran isn't the mastermind. They're not the puppet. And Hezbollah and Hamas are the puppet. Are the, Iran's the puppeteer and Hezbollah and Hamas are the puppets you got to be kidding me. And in turn, Iran is the puppet of China. They're all in in bed together. And it's just how he can deny that 
I think it's blindness that this is the same kind of strategic and willful blindness that uh, got us in trouble in World War II and other conflicts. Rocky is on the phone. Let's talk to uh, Mr. Rocky, see what he has to say. How you doing, sir? Welcome to the program. Hi. Um, uh, I heard you talking about China. Uh, one of their uh, people from their embassy got attacked by al-Qaeda or somebody. Mm-hmm. I heard that, yeah, one, someone was stabbed in the Iranian embassy. Uh, yeah, and so there you go. What? I mean, I was, well, yeah, was it the Chinese was, embassy China. in Iran? Yeah, I don't know. No, 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 this is China. Yeah. At least that's what I heard anyway so, earlier. Yeah, so, but that, well, look, I mean, this this global j- day of jihad, the day of rage, this and that, um, Apparently, there was a man that was, uh, there was an employee at Israel's embassy in Beijing, an employee at the Israel oh, embassy okay. in China uh, was uh, stabbed, and a foreigner was suspected. I don't know if they've really identified that individual. According to the South China Morning Post here, I'm looking at a picture of it. Wow, it's chilling. There's a guy on the ground, uh, sort of like, you know, looking up saying no no and there's a guy it looks like in a mask because the cowards do this this is what cowards do they they like bullies cowards they attack in a mask and uh, police in the capital chiang district said the victim was also a diplomat's family member again this was the israeli embassy been stabbed in front of a supermarket Uh, the suspect was a 53 year old who was involved in the small goods business they have not identified that person any further um I don't think that uh, victims succumbed, but I mean, here you go. I mean, people are, look, anti-Semitism is really, you know, alive and well (laughs) across the globe. And I never, by the way, thanks, Rocky, for the call. I appreciate it. I never, ever, if you are out there and you're progressive and you have ever once and you now back Hamas and you have anything to say about positively about the Palestinians over there that are a part of the Hamas movement or, or that are living with and complicit with Hamas. And, uh, well, you have to understand those Jews, they won't give us our, you, there is no moral equivalence between, you know, the, the, the Jewish people in Israel. And by the way, many Palestinians and Arabs live in, in Israel and do quite well economically and they live side by side and when the morning prayers come they do their deal and Israelis aren't attacking them and stabbing them and killing them. Let's make that clear. So there's a group of splinter Palestinians in large numbers namely uh, supporting Hamas and living among and with them. Um, I don't ever want to hear anyone say, oh you're a racist if you want closed borders. And then back a group that's the most anti-Semitic, hateful, demonic bunch of butchers in the in the in the world the planet's ever seen. Don't talk to me about racism if I say Barack Obama's Obamacare was a disaster. You know, I just don't want to hear about that because you guys are the biggest. Rashida Tlaib following flying the, the the Palestinian flag outside your you know posting the flag outside your your office in DC shame on you 
Shame on you. You're an embarrassment to this country. I hope they censure you. And one more thing about Tlaib. I'm not sure if you saw earlier in the week, uh, Fox reporter was trying to interview her, um, rushing, running down the hallway, asking her, you know, you're, you have a Palestinian, you know, Palestinian flag hanging up. Do you, con- you know, do you condemn what Hamas did, you know, cutting off babies' heads? She wouldn't say anything. She, you know, and the Fox interviewer keeps on pressing, keeps, you know, asking the same question. Will you condemn Hamas for killing, you know, or, yeah, cutting off babies' heads and she said absolutely nothing and just walked out in the elevator and went up. How do these people live with themselves? I mean, okay, so look, I if if you're if you're pro Palestinian state, if you think that the world made a mistake by giving Israel a patch of land and not designating a patch of land for the Palestinians in nineteen forty eight, we can have that discussion. That does how can you be a woman I don't know if Tlaib, yeah, isn't Tlaib, yeah, Tlaib's got children, isn't she the one that on the campaign trail when she said like something hateful about Trump, let's like, let's kill him or let's do something or let's, you know, that mf she was, and, and her son was there, I think, on the podium with her. So I think she's got kids. How can you be a woman with children or a human being with, with 46 chromosomes and, and in any way, shape or form, be okay with this i just i don't get it <laughs> it just and it tells me how sick and twisted some people are in their minds and how how wicked and 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 primal our brain stems can allow us to be and the things that we can do and endorse it's uh it's just amazing okay well in the last couple of minutes in this segment i do want to talk about the bill gates thing because it you know bill gates in dakar he was in dakar the uh, this last week and uh, they had the Grand Challenges annual meeting. I think this is one of those sort of visionary think tanks. They burn a lot of, you know, fossil fuels getting over there. And then they talk sort of like, a, you know, in, like they do in Switzerland, you know. But he talked about putting innovative mRNA technology in the hands of research and manufacturers in Africa and around the world to to get vaccines to the third world. And And look, I can tell you, if you look at medical history, if it wasn't for vaccines, antibiotics, and water sanitation, I mean, you know, safe water and disposal of, you know, sanitary sewers on the one hand and safe water on the other hand. Um, so separating what's going in and from what's coming out, if you know what I mean. Uh, those three advances have done more to increase our lifespan and prevent us from dying at age 50, which was the average for what, 45, 50 for, for centuries, for eons. Um we have to recognize that it's this is a quick, nimble technology that can be cheaply manufactured, can be cheaply adjusted to whatever particular uh, biological threat and virus or bacteria you're looking at. And it's just it's just it's just it's got huge potential. And what I'd like you to think about is, look, Henry Ford's first motor car didn't roll off the line and go down the street at, you know, from zero to 60 and 20 like a Tesla. In, in two seconds, like a Tesla. Edison's, you know, light bulb didn't, you know, didn't flicker on like an LED for, you know, 20,000 hours. Uh, Orville and Wilbur, the first attempt they made at an airplane wasn't. Have you seen some of those images crashing on the beach? And so mRNA technology shows great promise, not only for vaccines, but for curing genetic diseases, if we can deliver 
a gene to cure a child with cystic fibrosis? What an amazing thing that would be, right? So at any rate, I just want you to think about that. Uh, let's let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just because the COVID vaccine may have had problems, I think we need to be um, we need to be conscious that there's there's other ways to look at this, and there's ways that we can you know be patient as technology advances. Uh, so I think uh, we're coming up to a hard break here, right, Quentin? Yeah, close enough. Thirty seconds. Yeah, okay. So I want to make sure we get out in time because uh, on the other side of the break, uh, I want to talk about the story of this. Uh, oh, no. Oh, wait. We got Mike Ferguson. Great. I want to talk with Mike about this story about this guy who got shackled. The FBI, like, man, you'd have thought this guy was Suleimani. God rest his soul. No, God, don't rest his soul. The devil rest his soul. He's in hell now. Uh, but, man, treat these guys from J6 that were fairly innocent. We'll be back on the Randy Tober Show with Mike Ferguson. You hear him here in the morning. Stay there. Stay there. 